0: I'm Aaron Reynolds, and you're listening to Explain Like I'm Five on the Canada 2020 Network. The 2020 Network is brought to you by Interac. Interac connects everyone to the limitless possibilities of digital payments. Whether you are sending, receiving, or requesting money, using Interac Debit to pay by card, phone, or smartwatch, or looking for a business payment solution, they provide fast, convenient, and secure access to your own money. I like to think that I'm an intelligent guy, but I know way more about how the engines on the USS Enterprise work than how the engine in my own car works, and that's kind of a problem. So on this show, I'm inviting really smart people into the studio to explain stuff to me like I'm five. Today, I'm speaking to Christina Crook, the author of the book, The Joy of Missing Out. Hello, Hello. Um, so I, I wanted to talk to you today about mindfulness, because I, I feel like I understand, to a certain extent, the concept of mindfulness. But if I hear someone say to me, be mindful, I think about looking both ways before I cross the street. So what do people mean when they, when they say mindfulness or when they talk about mindfulness?
1: So when people talk about mindfulness they are talking about the process of actively noticing new things or said in a different way being fully alive and living in the present being present to what's happening right in front of them.
0: Okay. And so what is the like the drive behind behind being mindful? Why is this a a thing that we're talking about?
1: Well, it's a a thing. It's not a new thing, um, but it is a thing that I think we're increasingly talking about because of our information-driven society, where we are constantly inputting and consuming content, and we are waking up to the fact that we can't be consuming every minute of every day, that we need to step back and, uh, sort of take stock. And I think the mindfulness movement is really about stopping and paying attention to what we're doing as we're doing it.
0: Okay. So, um, I think that uh, there's this picture that we, we all have in our heads of the bad version of being connected. Uh, the dad that's at a little league game looking at his phone. Um, what is the, what is the good version of being connected? Online. Yeah. I
1: think the good part of being connected online is, and I think most people, and especially in the work that I do, when I speak to people about you know, what are, what's the most joyful thing, because my topic is really around you know, finding the joys in our on and offline spaces, um, people will talk about connection. I would say the, the thing that people most um, benefit from is connection with other people and to ideas online. Um, And that is typically up to a certain point, we can only manage so many um, connections and so much information. But I think really being able to, you know, be really interested in a particular topic and find other people that are passionate about that same topic. um, That is a really exciting way that the web is, you know, making our lives better.
0: Can we talk about the, the joy part of it? What's the what does that joy part mean to you?
1: Yeah, I think that's the most exciting part of my book, and you might not know the history, but my book actually wasn't originally called The Joy of Missing Out. It was called Digital Detox, and uh, right before the book was going to be published, um, we received a cease and desist letter um, because this wonderful camp called Camp Grounded in the U.S. had started, they had uh, trademarked Digital Detox, and we had to change the title, and it's been such a wonderful journey with this conversation on joy because joy is a hopeful happy positive conversation and i think that's the most exciting part for me in this and in, in talking about the joy of missing out is reconnecting people to the joys away from their screen if you ask people where they find most joy in their lives of people will describe experiences away from their devices. (laughs) Almost never will people say, you know, I find most joy scrolling through Instagram or reading angry tweets. You know, you know, wading into the fray of online debate, you know, that's not where people are finding deep connection and, and meaningful experiences. They're finding them oftentimes some, or not oftentimes, but sometimes through their devices, making a connection, but then risking something, having some vulnerability and, and braving, um, you know, wading into the real world and connecting with someone in real time. and, and they, um memories that they made there so I think that's why the joy conversation is so exciting and interesting to me is and it's just it's also tied back into psychology and into science you know intrinsic motivation when we're motivated by the good by something intrinsically good for us like the joy of being in the world connected with others and doing things we love it makes the devices less compelling and less dominating in our lives so um, yeah that's why joy matters so much to me
0: okay um, you were talking about a, a certain number of of things uh, that we can that we can be like paying attention to. What do you What do you mean by that? Well,
1: I'm not going to say a specific number, but. know, we can only manage so many relationships. So at some point we hit, we sort of swing the pendulum into the extreme, let's say the, you know, we're, it's getting to the red area on the dial where, you know, it's beeping and and hollering at us and telling us, you know, this is too much information. We're on overload. I think that when we get into the space of trying to manage, you know, multiple social media accounts, multiple email accounts, um, you know, the connections, push over into a space where we're not using them mindfully. We're kind of just trying to manage and keep up all of the time. So that's what I mean by, um, you know, not using it well.
0: Right. And I, I have definitely, uh, felt that I've, uh, multiple times over the past year had to kind of, uh, take a step back from uh, mul- managing multiple social media accounts and, <laughs> and things like that. Um, I remember uh, the first time we met, we met at a uh, at a, a conference called the Fireside Conference. And one of the remarkable things about it is that there's no cellular service at this conference for, for three days. And so you have to, like, it's a forced disconnection. And I remember coming back from it and having uh, 3,000 unread messages. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I was just like, I think I need to do something about this. So um, how do you, like, how do you start being mindful. You were talking about um, uh, being present and and observing what's there. Does that mean actually like spending time looking at trees and hearing birds? Like what's?
1: I think it really begins by asking the right questions. So what I mean by that is, you know, say you have, like you described, multiple social media accounts and you're feeling that overwhelm. I think asking the question, who is this for, is a great question. Who is this for? Who is the audience? Am I just doing this to sort of bolster my ego and and have a big public persona online? Is this really actually moving the bottom line in terms of my wellness and happiness and even you know the, the bottom line in my work? Oftentimes it isn't, and so I think um, asking ourselves who is this for is a great starting point. Another thing is is understanding that each time we take on a new platform, each time we um, embrace a new gadget or device, it's displacing something else. So, you know, being really mindful of the fact that each new platform and each new social media account, for example, is going to require a certain amount of our time and attention. So asking ourselves, you know, where is that going to come from?
0: Right. I think really asking. Yeah. What am I replacing this with? Exactly. Uh, Okay.
1: We are limited beings with a limited time, and until we really do become brains and vats and we've you know transcended all <laughs> like we've got twenty right and I know that's where Silicon Valley wants to take us, but um you know we are limited humans, and that's actually there's actually a great benefit to the limitations of being human, I think, and the twenty four hours in each day and really what those constructs do for us and when we're feeling extremely exhausted and overwhelmed, our bodies and our minds are trying to tell us something. So really listening to that. I think that the mindfulness practice would really speak about, you know, listening not only to, um, you know, numbers and data, but actually also to our bodies and to what's happening in a space.
0: That's that's a really good call out because I was thinking about, um, I recently moved and if you're lifting heavy boxes for a few hours and then you say, oh, okay, I need to take a break. Everybody's like on board with that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a that's a thing that makes sense to everyone. But you know, mental like needing a mental break or needing a a, 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 a mental relaxation moment. That's something that we don't we don't talk about half as much. Mm-hmm. Why is it Why is it looked at differently?
1: There's a wonderful book called Bored and Brilliant, and the author talks about how particularly as creatives, you know, we need space to create, that we need space to be quiet. We need space to be bored in order for ideas to emerge as sort of the typical, Oh, I had my million dollar idea in the shower. Yeah. Right. This is, is the space of the quieting. And I think that we have pushed so far into a produce and consume hamster wheel is how I, I like to describe it it literally does feel like it's whipping around that quick and it's so ludicrous um that you know we're constantly even when we're retweeting and we're we're on twitter um what are we really doing in that space were we meaningfully moving a dialogue forward are we meaningfully connecting with other people um or are we just sort of keeping this wheel going and i think um yeah so that's an important thing to consider i think
0: Absolutely. I love the idea of the hamster wheel, um, although it's a little terrifying because now I'm looking at my own life and I'm, I'm thinking about how much of it is me just going around to that wheel. Oh, my goodness.
1: Uh. <laughs> it is pretty remarkable, but you know what? I, I mean, I'm a huge comp- uh, proponent of self-compassion and, you know, to some people that might sound like a, I'm going to use air quotes right now, a woo-woo word, but really, you know, having compassion for ourselves in terms of the ways that we operate. I mean, we live in a culture that is constantly pushing us to consume more things. And, this, you know, obviously it's tied into capitalism and all these other things. But um, I think the pendulum has swung so far in terms of consumption and production that we have no place to go than to swing back in the other direction.
0: And just take a step back from everything. Yeah. Huh, Who
1: is this for? Who is all this content
0: for? Right. I'm going to have to keep asking myself that. Actually, I wrote it down in my little notebook here. <laughs> <laughs> um here in Ottawa, it's a it's a political town, and it feels like our, all of our social media bubbles we're always angry about something, almost like unhealthily angry, and that our news cycle has been replaced by an outrage cycle. Um, hmm. Have you have you noticed anything like that?
1: I mean, absolutely. And you know, we just have to look back just a little ways in the news cycle in terms of you know the immigrant crisis in the states, and just to see the just the the ugliness that has unfolded in that space or more recently with the Danforth shooting here in Toronto, which is where I'm, where I'm based. Um, you know, at some point, 280 characters aren't really serving us well. Um, and also just the appetite for instantaneous public statements about complex issues. Um, I don't know that they're serving us particularly well. The exciting thing, obviously, is um, you know people being able to help one another for response rates to um, inc- like absolutely incredibly um, increase in terms of people on the ground getting footage and all these sorts of things. But in terms of meaningful dialogue, um, I think we are very limited by by our online spaces
0: right because how meaningful a conversation can you have on on a lot of these platforms
1: and of course going back to what we learn in elementary school about communication and particularly nonverbal communication the fact that Eighty percent, if communication is nonverbal, when we are tweeting or reading um, someone's even like very thoughtful article or essay on a particular issue, we still can't look that person in the eyes. We still can't mirror and and build empathy between the two parties. We can't see their body language or or hear their tone of voice. Um, That's why audio is very exciting, this format, Um, in terms of hearing people. um, And that's why I think audio and video, again, are, are on the rise. But um, again, just understanding, and it's not that the dialogue shouldn't happen in those spaces, it's just with that acknowledgement, and I guess that's tying the mindfulness piece back in again, is just being mindful to the fact that we're missing a massive amount of information about what that person's actually communicating. Um, so taking it at that, taking it at it at face value and just saying, I'm, I'm receiving words and I'm, but I'm only receiving say 75 to 80% of what this person's actually right, saying. So right. I need to dig deeper.
0: Is it socially responsible for us to have had enough of something that's happening on the news? You know, how can we balance caring about an important thing with not, not burning out mentally?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, there is a Two researchers who I reference in my book, The Joy of Missing Out, and they are the authors of a book called The Form of News. It is not a new book. It is a very old book, but I think it might help us in terms of this conversation. Um, I'm just going to quote here if you're okay with that. Oh, absolutely. They say, quote, it is useful to think of the news as an environment. The newspaper industry and now all internet media set up a panorama of distant events and readers feel empowered because otherwise inaccessible places come within their reach. Against that backdrop, the newspaper sets up an intimate diorama filled with familiar faces and voices. You know, cue Twitter, right? I'm unquote yeah. there. Um, Cue Twitter. But when reading the news in print or online, they say people get jostled and annoyed but feel smarter and better connected if only, quote this is a quote, if only because they know what to grumble about. And so there's this idea, in terms of commutic, or sorry, consuming news media, that we are more knowledgeable. We feel more knowledgeable, but actually, it creates a very um, substantial level of discontent when we are unable to take action in those spaces. It's sort of like reading about a genocide in, you know, a faraway country, and we feel informed, and yet there's this inc- there's, a, there's a, almost a depression and a discontent they describe um, with. You know, when we're unable to take any action, I mean, we could donate money, but really meaningfully, we can't do anything with that information. And so I think it's important also to question um, how much information we're taking in and what we can meaningfully do with that information.
0: I was glad that you uh, you brought up your, your book there because you also have a, a, a Joy of Missing Out newsletter that uh, I subscribe to. And I, I do highly recommend it. Um, there are frequently uh, quests in the newsletter. And uh, one of the quests that I was thinking about uh, earlier today was uh, to read a magazine cover to cover. And I was trying to think of the last time that I had done that and it was when I was taking a about a 45 minute train ride as a commute to work uh, back before cellular data was a thing. I would buy like uh, buy movie magazines, I'd buy Premiere and I'd buy Entertainment Weekly and I would read them over a couple of days of commuting. And nowadays the world has changed so that uh, first of all, we have cellular data. <laughs> but also, I can't go into a store and buy a copy of Premiere, even though i I still have a commute to work. Um, I can't uh, buy the the magazines that I was reading because they've they've moved entirely online if they still exist at all. And the challenge for me is that if I'm reading it online, it's not the same experience because I'm on this device that has, all these other interruptions. Uh, mm-hmm. My email comes in. I get Slack messages. I get Twitter notifications. I get text messages. How, um, like, how do we adapt to this?
1: I think until our the platforms that we use most frequently actually start designing for time well spent for us to actually use our time well, we're going to have to use an incredible amount of mindfulness and will to limit what we consume um so i mean some of the things that i talk about um which more and more people are talking about are you know eliminating notifications altogether on your devices. Um, there's all kinds of hacks you can do in terms of reading uh, your web browsers um, and these little hacks to sort of eliminate the banner ads. Things like that, that clear away a space, almost like you would be reading a book. Um, but again, the, the onus is on you. you as the user and so um there are no real simple answers to this problem at this at this juncture it really does require again coming back to this topic of mindfulness of having a growing awareness of what we're consuming and how it's positively or negatively impacting our lives
0: and that that willpower part is i think going to be the the toughest part for me because um i mean i i enjoy the internet
1: (laughs) yeah you and billions of other people.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, thank you so much for for talking to us today, uh, Christina. Where can where can we find you on the internet?
1: Uh, people can find me in two places. They can find me at christina Kirk is Crook is C R O O K, and they can also find me at Experience JOMO. That's Experience J O M O for the joy of missing out.com. And uh, yeah, you can sign up for my newsletter uh, at Experience JOMO, and uh, I'd love to connect with all of you.
0: 2020 network is brought to you by interact interact connects everyone to the limitless possibilities of digital payments whether you are sending receiving or requesting money using interact debit to pay by card phone or smartwatch or looking for a business payment solution they provide fast convenient and secure access to your own money